I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And I'm Bill Fox. And we love to watch. We love to watch presents the Spooktober recap. Um, yeah, last one was a pre-cap, and this is a recap. And then if oh, it was made people out of this. wood, it'd be a tree cap. And Did, people my... love arguing about made-up words. Did we skip the cap? <laughs> Just we skipped a regular cap. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Where we love to watch, we're movie podcasts, we pick Scooped a theme. Over cap. We do movies over the course of that month around the theme. Uh, and we are doing that right now. It's October, it's Spooktober, it's our most holy time of the year. And we're doing uh, Evil Dead Month. the hat. Um... You've you've at least at least one Evil Dead episode has come out. There's four more coming, potentially three more, five total. I don't know how many have come out by the time you're listening to this. But this year we've for the last um I think well the past like six or seven years for Peter and myself, the last four years of the podcast, one of our uh segments that we did during our October episodes was kinda recap our Spooktober watching. Peter and myself every year tried to watch thirty-one uh new to us horror movies, and I shouldn't say try, because every year we succeeded. Um sometimes too much. Uh, and we've been doing that uh, every year. We make lists, we obsessively compare notes, then we go off book and watch a bunch of stuff, and by the end of the month, we're sick of movies, we're sick of horror movies, we're sick of each other! Um, and we have so much fun doing it that, A, we decided, let's let's pull these off of our regular We Love to Watch episodes. Let's kind of peel them back. Let's rip off the Band-Aid and stop ruining everyone's uh, time that wants to hear us talk about fucking slugs or some shit. Uh, and, and instead hears us talking about some movies we watched recently and make them their own episodes so that, uh, A, we can spend a little more time talking about our favorite thing to do during this month, uh, but also... So uh, not detract from a lot of really special movies we usually end up talking about during Spooktober. Uh, and this year, Peter, we've decided to not only make them all their separate episodes, but we decided to bring someone who uh, you're stuck with in life in general. He's technically a part of your family, but um, you know the old axiom, like you don't get to choose your family. Uh, this is one person in your family that specifically – 25% of, of your siblings got to choose. But yet we could legally still procreate if it came to it. So, You're, so Bill, getting back to the part that won't be edited out of what we just said. Um, <laughs> we'll leave that as a mystery to everyone uh, and, a, and a mystery to bring up at Thanksgiving dinner uh, for the Morans. Uh, one thing we found through those guest appearances, though, is that Bill uh, was not a horror fan. Uh, specifically, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about it, Bill. Like, I think you thought that horror movies were only there to be scary and if you weren't scared it wasn't a good horror movie and what what changed your mind uh you guys told me what qualifies oh. as horror <laughs> i mean no i mean it's funny because this has only gotten worse especially in the past however 
many days there are in October, seven days. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess horror in my mind was like a mix between like Return of the Living Dead on one end to like Freddy versus Jason on the other. And like now I realize what totally is encompassed in, in the broader genre. There are plenty of areas in that that I am a huge fan of as it turns out. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, and so we thought this would be a great opportunity to not just do what Peter and I do, which at this point is talk about a lot of, um, for the most part, I would say obscure movies, um, just because we've seen a lot, but get a chance to... This is, yeah, this is my sixth year doing this. Like, I've got to... <laughs> I've got to dig a little bit, right? The the the, the stuff that easily flows to, to the surface is not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so a chance to re- at least talk about some horror favorites during this month, uh, and and do what our show is doing at its best. I think a lot of times, which is introducing people to movies that we are passionate um, about. So. Uh, if you look in the show notes for either this week, next week, all of them, you'll see all three of our letterbox lists. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the last episode where we kind of set the stage, we did go through uh, uh, some Bill's list track by track, as they say. So I would recommend listening to that if you want a more in-depth on um, what movies we chose today. Let's do our counts quick, and then we'll get into what we watched, and then we'll go into what Bill watched, which I think will uh, merit more discussion. Uh, so Peter, you are at how many movies so far? No, oh, it's hold on, it's October seventh. It's yes, ten p.m. October seventh. So yes. we are seven days into this. Although most of us probably do not have much of a chance to watch anything yet today. Peter, what's your total? Uh, my total is eighteen movies fully watched right now. But the funny thing about this every year is that whenever we do like a recap, I'm always like. <laughs> I was like 18 and I had to stop a movie to record this. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think this year, uh, just, you know, jumping off of that, I think this year 18 is a really uh, good start for me. And yeah. uh, I'm feeling very like uh, happy and comfortable this year. Um, I'm not feeling like totally burnt out, which sometimes when I get like a really early start, I'm like, I am going to stop watching movies by the 20th. Um, I'm going to hit 31 and stop. Um, this year I feel like really comfortable. I feel like I've done a good job of keeping some diversity in there, um, and watching stuff that based on how excited I am about it by the, for the minute, which has been a really good, um, sort of like thing that I picked up since like the first time I did it in 2015. Um, I was like, this is my list. I will, I designed it this way. I'm going through it this way. And it made it way harder this year. I'm like, today I feel like watching the beach house. So after we record, I'm going to watch the beach house as opposed to like, uh, well, I designed my list and I thought it would be good yeah, to get a my silly list movie is in right perfectly now. ordered for, cal- <laughs> and if I mess with the calibration, uh, no, I, uh, I'm at 21. I feel the same way. Like th- th- this is a extremely a good early start. It did come over a weekend. I did take a couple days off of work. I wasn't <laughs> able to just plant. I wasn't able to like plant in front of the TV because my kids are home because uh, schools are all can- are not canceled, uh, not in in session. Um, so I didn't get to just watch horror movies all day, but I still like got an extra in here and there. And and then uh, my kids are old enough that like we can watch some elements of spooky stuff, which I'll call out sometimes during the day on the weekends, too. So it's it is a good start. And to your point, Peter, I agree a hundred percent. I um I uh, I'll 
I made a pretty wide list of like 55 movies to start and 10 of my 21 movies are off that book already. And it was, you know, like shit, I kind of feel like watching an amicus horror movie. That wasn't on my list. I didn't plan for it, but there's some I haven't seen or, you know, I just someone talked about this documentary that I actually really want to watch. Like following that muse and not like locking yourself into it early, I think so far has felt really good. Normally... And I think this is true for you you too, Peter. We start doing that near the end of the month when some recommendations have been piling up, but we kind of stay locked in for the first few weeks. And sometimes then I think by the time we're opening up, we're starting to feel burnout with not just horror movies, but sometimes just looking at our fucking list every single day and being like, all right, which one of these now? And I feel really good that I, you know, made a list that I was really happy with, but have been going, uh, going every which way but loose um, as as I felt like it from like all these other lists. I made a one thing I really love about Voodoo is that you can make lists on there now too which is super con- super convenient so I made a spooks to see list which incorporates uh, movies I own, horror movies I own already on Voodoo that I haven't watched as well as every horror movie that was on my Voodoo wish list uh, in one spot so like I can go to my letterbox list I can be like, okay, well, uh, nothing's really calling me right now. And then I can go through this 175 movies and be like, oh, that's the one. I want to watch this right now. And that that's felt really good. So I think that's something maybe I've learned for future years uh, as well is like make the list. But even if on day two you want to go off book, go off book. Doesn't matter. Yeah. He's make, I'm making a list. I'm checking it twice. I'm going right? to check it once and then go somewhere else. <laughs> disappoint every little boy and girl uh, <laughs> important to remember uh like yeah okay if there's a movie you're like i've been saving this all year i probably won't watch it on like a friday night but i should knock this off my list yeah uh, especially like in a in a month where i've just decided i'm gonna be in that mood every day um no. then yeah the house that jack built like, make sure you get that, you get through that, but reward yourself with something, you know, before and after where you're like, this is what I'm in, in the mood for today. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like watching any old spook and like, now's the time to finally watch Child's Play 3, the one Child's Play I haven't seen that no one likes? Or are you like, look, I've had a long day. I want something that's going to keep my interest. Don't choose Child's Play 3. <laughs> yeah. This is a conversation exactly. I had with myself about Child's Play 3, and I haven't seen it yet because I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not in the mood for whatever. But then a different night, I'm like, you know what? Fuck me up with horror. I don't care. And I watched Saturn 3, and it was terrible, but it didn't ruin my night or horror movie watching because I was in the right mode to, I don't care what this is right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's also nice, like, if you, to be flexible, if you, like, happen to find uh, a couple hour window where you're like, all right, this movie isn't going to scare me, and it's 3 p.m., and I happen to have a weird slot where I can yeah. I can watch this. Like, uh, for you guys, it would have to be, like, nap time or something. Um, for me, it would have to be whenever I finish work. Um, but, like, if you find yourself, like, having, like, a weird middle-of-the-day slot, it's nice to have movies where you're like, well, this isn't actually going to be affected that much by watching in the middle of the day because it's not supposed to be a scary movie. It's just yeah. supposed to be in the genre. Yeah, and also I like recalibrated because I realized I hadn't seen anything that had really sp- uh, spooked me at like 18 movies. And I'm like, that's where I, where I went for Hell House too because I was like, well, this isn't going to be good, but you know. <laughs> 
I might get a why the fuck did that clown move jump jump scare. Yeah, um, we're basically Spooktober, uh, um, like Spooktober fitness people who always say, like, listen to your body. Yeah. Like, what's your body telling you to do right now? Listen to your spook bones. Listen to your spooky bones. Your bones um, are the spookiest part of you, and you should be listening to all your bones. <laughs> Bill, how flexible have you been? Have you been rigid to the to the to the letter of the law, or have you been uh, jumping around? I feel like he's uh, not allowed to because we gave him a very specific yeah. list. So it's of, fun to throw this in his face. I know. I, just I was like, how order, do you guys think order, I feel? Order. Like about all yeah. this? Um, I swear to God, Bill, if you you choose one movie not on that list, which I did today, by the way. Um, so I finally signed up for Shutter today, just because it opens a lot more doors to what I can potentially watch. Yeah. And with that, I was like, had a lull in the middle of the day. And by that, I mean, I was like on a call and not really paying attention. So I watched a documentary on Shutter, um, which I don't know if it really counts, but it was. Yeah, it does. Out. Absolutely counts. So that wasn't on my list, but it was a nice background. Did you watch uh, Out of Curiosity? I'm sure we'll get to it. Did you watch Horror Noir? I did not. I saw it. I watched To Hell and Back, the Kane Hodder story. Oh, I haven't even seen oh, that one. Oh, good pick. Good pick, yeah. Um, all right, well, let's let's get into it. I feel like I, if you don't mind, here, way, I guys, kind of dip my toe in a few. nine movies. <laughs> oh, nine movies. Great. Nine is, nine is great. Nine is good. It's the seventh, which means you're two days ahead, which means you we're we're just challenging you to the 31. I mean, you're already, you're already adding to the list, um, but we, uh, we just challenged you to the 31. You're you have two days basically of wiggle room. That's great. Any amount of headroom is great. Yep. Um. And, well, technically, you've only watched eight that are uh, approved, so you can see <laughs> <he> still have <laughs> still have. Uh, no, Aaron. This is this is uh, look going off. If he's going off book, then you te- know he's technically I started ten that were approved. I'm only calling eight of them watched. You. You have to earn the right to go off book, and you, you have Spooktober twenty twenty one. You that's, can, uh, we'll have a conversation. Yeah, we're on the executive team of Spooktober. I, I'm at intern status. Yeah, we we <laughs> we have a lot of freedom to operate in our department because we've earned the trust of the spooky masters. And you guys are tight you know, with the Bill. Owner? Bill, we see a lot of potential for you to, you know, stay at this spook company a while and, and really stretch your legs. But right now, I just need you to do the task that I presented in the time that I've told you to do. It. Um, I kicked off with what was supposed to be my Halloween ender last year that I didn't get to, which was the Blood on Satan's Claw, uh, which was a lot of fun. Good, spooky, um, occult Satan summoning 70s hippie movie. Um, I think it would have been a disappointing uh, end of Spooktober movie. The, the last movie you watch on Halloween is always a tough pick, especially if it's not one that you've seen before, but um, but a good way to kick off. Uh, and then I went right into something that oh, I... Can I can I jump in there? Yeah, yeah, jump in. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I really like it. It's a, from an era of horror that I really love. Uh, on my list, there's a bunch of satanic entries I'll talk about. Uh, this one uh, really worked for me. There's some kind of clunky special effects that made me le- believe that this movie and another movie that I really like but has flaws, uh, Conqueror Worm, uh, both folk horror uh, movies about witchcraft in a small town. Uh, I think both of those movies could be remade by like uh in like a modern day and like a sort of the headhunter or like a witch style you know small indie budget yeah and like be insanely good like just take the same concept same characters just redo it 
update the theming and like you've got yourself like a modern classic yeah same uh, title too. Blood on Satan Claw is a fucking great title. Great title. Um, it also was the first of a few movies that, while I won't spoil the ending, suffers from the fact that like there was a time when horror movies, like the good guys, still kind of had to win at the end. So, like, I guess I hold so fifteen second spoiler for the Blood on Satan Claws, which very hard to watch. Anyways, you're not gonna watch it. Um, like it's like this big like you know satanic ritual and everything's falling apart and uh, Satan has been summoned and then like he falls into the fire and when someone comes and screams at him and it's like the end of the movie and it's like wait what uh, Satan was yeah. Satan was defeated by falling over and then it's end credits like uh, th- and I watched a few also, I- the movie is sort of on the side of witch hunters well exactly <laughs> but it just feels the like are bad it feels like it was some weird like we can't let Satan win. It's like, okay, well, I guess we'll just cut to credits then after the actor fell down. Um, sure. Uh, it really needs, but that's why it needs like a Robert Eggers remake, right? Like someone who's not afraid to be like, oh, this actually spells dire consequences for the world. And that's kind of the ending it leaves you with. Like this little small backwards town that summoned Satan is going to lead to bad things as opposed to like. Oh, I guess if they yelled at him, the villagers yelled at Satan loud enough. He gets very startled. Um, uh, I watched, then I went right into kind of a, sl- a slasher that I've been kicking around for a while that I knew wasn't going to be great, but was going to really get some of those spooky vibes, which was The Mutilator, which is my uh, thir- my first of three movies that have different titles on the on the uh, video cassette case, as you were, than they do on screen. So the mutilator uh, was actually initially called Fall Break to the point that there's a there's a bouncy Beach Boys inspired theme song called Fall Break. Um, it is very not in keeping with the tune of the movies, but it actually makes sense because the ending of this like. So this is like it's a super like gory, gory slasher movie from the 80s, which is good. It has the most um, fucking just gross kill i've ever seen which feels like something that like people would have whispered about in like elementary school like you have to see this movie they take a meat hook <laughs> shove it somewhere and then rip it through and it, and that's this movie it is fine it's gross got cool gore effects whatever it ends with all the actors with like an, an outtake in their name and <laughs> they're like as they like a dad choking his child and then they laugh and cut while the bouncy theme song plays again. It is <laughs> it is a choice. I don't know what's going on. Uh, again, uh, not a good movie to, to, to plan your Friday night around. A great random slasher to throw in the middle of a Spooktober marathon. Um, my first of uh, many probably to come kids movies, Alvin and the Chipmunks meet Frankenstein. They met that guy all right. It was better than when he met the Wolfman. I love, I love whenever movies are like uh, Jesse James meets Frankenstein's daughter and you're like so they just like hang out well th- and this one I'm not leaving my house for I'm not leaving my house to, to see a tete-a-tete so look I will say in this one it kept with a little bit of the original spirit in that the uh, Victor Frankenstein the scientist is a vicious murderer and the, the chipmunks find out that Frankenstein is just kind of a misunderstood guy who's been de- dealt a raw hand and uh, they protect him and then I basically kill Victor Frankenstein which 
not great. And there's some there's some tunes, if you can believe it. Uh, Man, what happened? Aaron, I just have to ask, what happened in that uh, mountaintop castle? <laughs> what happened? It's actually a amusement park with a mountaintop castle theme. Um, <laughs> one of my favorites I saw so far, which was uh, Bava's Black Sunday, which is his first movie. Did not know oh, this yeah. was going to be in black and white. Didn't like Was kind of expecting the 70s type Bava movies, and I fucking love this. This was a gorgeous satanic movie. Another one who's um, – it's, it's called The Mask of Satan on the, the screen. Uh, more commonly known as Black Sunday. Uh, and then I switched it right up with a, with a monster movie from the 90s. Big budget 90s fucking Steven Summers directed uh, Deep Rising, which is a movie that I watched 30 minutes of when I, when it came out and then we stopped it. Um, it is uh, kind of it's, – it's a lot of fun. Like – uh, you just don't see – there was a weird era when they were making like Mimic and the Relic and like pouring – the CGI was a thing, but they were still putting tons of money into these. It's like an $85 million movie right now about a tentacle monster <laughs> attacking fucking Treat Williams. Um, as the and That was the biggest mistake. Making Treat Williams your lead is a terrible idea. They should have spent slightly more money on the lead. Otherwise, it was a great 90s fun. And I wish there was more of this. The 90s are actually pretty like – bereft of um kind of kind of uh, a horror identity outside of like scream movies and even scream ripoffs like end under 10 movies so um that was fun uh saw the pit and the pendulum the um uh uh, uh the say roger waters version but that's not right <laughs> why is, why is <laughs> that would my... certainly be funky uh yeah what am i thinking of uh, corman corman yeah uh, the Roger Corman version. I have the Stuart Gordon uh, version also still planned for this month. Uh, watch this one with the kids. Um, I imagine one will have more titties. Uh, probably. That's why I watched this one with <laughs> Maya, who liked it quite a bit, actually. Uh, she had a lot of questions on the ending, but she was <laughs> into it. Uh, and then we followed it up with another one, a uh, black and white movie, It Came From Outer Space, which was is a kind of a 50s uh, eye monster lands um, from outer space, which she liked quite a bit. And it's always fun. Like the, the one nice thing we watch her on the projector, watching like a 50s era horror movie like that, like she gets like fun scared. She jumps when the monster appears and stuff like that. It's not... It's not, like, just a fun, like, cheesy romp like it is for you and me. Like, oh, cool, this, like, you know, communists are bad (laughs) Uh, 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 allegory of uh, science fiction horror movie that, like, has no real scares or frights. Like, you kind of see it from that perspective of, yeah, it is kind of scary when an eye monster, even a poorly done eye monster, jumps out. Uh, My second favorite movie so far and my third one with a different title, Your Vice is a Locked. Room and only I have the key, uh, which is fucking fantastic. I feel like people have been down on this movie, so I never I owned it for a while, but I didn't prioritize it all that much because people were like, uh, "Yeah, the movie can't live up to the title." But it's an adaptation of Poe's Black Cat, which I have another version of on this list, the Fulci's version that I'm planning to watch they, this they October. Are very different. They're uh, very different. Yeah, but this is like a really fun like. Um, murder, familial drama, um, and I, yeah, I really liked this movie. Um, I didn't care for it, but it is one of the prettiest, uh, yeah, gorgeous, I've ever yeah. seen. Like, the, the photography in that movie is just phenomenal, man. Like, 
And, uh, you know, I hate what happens to the wife in the movie, but, like, the way that the camera captures her beauty is is kind of burned into my memory more than any of the cruelty is. I'm thinking I like, so I was so into who, who, uh, who could torture a duckling or whatever last year too. I'm starting to think that like murder mystery type giallo movies. I'm, I'm actually super into more than I thought I was. I think sometimes the slasher giallo movies are a little bit rote and boring and like, who cares? But like, I don't know, like those, those, between this one and um and last year's um I don't know maybe I'm more into them than I thought I was so I'll have to I, I still have like the uh, the bird with the plumage or whatever the with the bird with the crystal plumage Cr- crystal plumage and stuff like that so um, that's Argento doing like a true mystery movie um, well, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll end up really liking that one uh, Maya and I also watched uh, to kind of prove I guess she is not scared of things the 2019 uh. Kind of a mini series, but was also released to some limited theaters. Remake of our uh, uh, "Are You Afraid of the Dark" TV series. Uh, it's three okay. episodes. It's one like one one uh, one hundred forty minute story about like how this this kid joins the Midnight Society, um, and it is like it has like a antagonist and like Mister Top Hat that is not quite. Babadook levels of scary or uh, Freddy Krueger levels of scary, but pretty goddamn close for what's what's technically a kid's thing. Um, it was like scorpions appear in the bathroom shit. It was pretty – it was good, um, but also super creepy, and I, I think she will be fine for most of the other movies we're going to watch together uh, based on her reaction to that, which was uh, two thumbs up. Uh, I watched Death Becomes Her. Which is a ton of fun. Peter talked a lot about that one last year. Great, like, uh, high-budget 90s comedy. Uh, a very dark comedy. <laughs> but uh, very, very fun. Uh, Mayhem, which is one of the big stinkers for me so far this year. Um, I really like Steven Yoon and um, 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 some, uh, Samara Weaving. Um, as the leads, but I thought the material was complete garbage. I think it's actually a worse. I know uh, what was that movie by the director of Belko Experiment? Yes, yes, you you were like I know people were kind of down on the Belko experiment. Experiment. I really liked that movie, and I I did too. I think that this is a version of that that does it poorly. I think just the concept of that virus that made everyone like I'm up to here all the time, and then it didn't really follow through with that because people are being rational and calm whenever the script demands. It and then it's a lot of fake yelling about a lot of stuff. It was uh, not not great. Um, I didn't like it. Oh, um, though it does have two incredibly beautiful people in the lead. Yeah, the is, leads were great. Like if they could take Stephen Yoon and Samara Weaving and put them in Belko Experiment, maybe you could get you know uh, Buku good Metacritic ratings. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could have a Buko Experiment. <laughs> Um, I don't know what it means, but it sounds great. Sounds great. Uh, A Host, which is one of my favorites so far. The Shudder movie that's under 60 minutes about a a Zoom call gone wrong. Good spooks. This was one that actually had some good uh, frightening moments near the end. Uh, And also, who doesn't recognize that Zoom logo at the beginning? (laughs) Most Zoom calls are spooky at this point. Not as spooky as this one, Bill. 
Um, and then uh, Peter and uh, Ryan and I were talking about uh, VHS viral so much on text. And maybe in, in the episode that we recorded that will probably get cut out. And I'm like, fuck, I, I love the first two VHS movies. I have to get around to viral. And uh, it has three main segments and one wraparound. The wraparound, which is very like it's 20 minutes worth of the movie, unfortunately. It's like a... The other two VHS wraparounds were like some guy puts in a VHS tape and that was like, that's the wraparound segment. This one is like an ongoing plot that is garbage. It is so bad. But I thought two of the segments were fantastic. And then the third main segment was like fine but inoffensive. I I feel like you remove the wraparound segment and you put those other three VHS segments in other VHS movies and you've improved the other VHS movies. Like, uh, disappointing how much I think the wraparound segment understandably um, ruined the momentum of that movie or just not having enough shorts. Three is three is too little. They should have had a couple more. Yeah, and especially when one, the opening one is more of a good concept, the magician one is more of a good concept. Um, yeah, but then the, the next skeleton- two are great. Yeah, the skeleton one is great, and the um, but I think the um, I think the uh, the the Nacho Vigalando one yeah. would probably benefit from uh, a few more segments being in there. So like you, uh, the weirdness can kind of be cushioned. Yeah, yeah. Parallel Monsters was like up there in the best VHS segment, so it kind of it's a bummer that it's. Um, uh, but I, Bone Crushers, the, the last one, is fantastic, too. That's, like, some really good shot in bright light horror that, that's really hard to do. Um, that's the skating one, right? Yep. Yeah, that one, that one rules. Yeah. Um, Saturn 3, which I've already talked about, which was one of those. I'm, I shouldn't have bought this. I did. Now I need to watch it. And I watched it. It's really bad. Um, if you want to see... I, su- I suggest you take that movie and put it in a sad urn. If you want to see Kirk Douglas... Uh, be in love with Farrah Fawcett when they're 35 years removed in age. <laughs> Only for Harvey Keitel to get there with a killer robot that has part of his brain. Um, and he wants to fuck Farrah Fawcett. But the killer robot he is against. He's not on the killer robot side. Um, and the robot design is like they, they forgot to finish it. It doesn't have a head. It's so bad. It is like it's not fun. There's some cool special effects at the beginning, and that they then end to be on the state space station. And I would have at least appreciated it if Harvey Keitel was doing his normal voice because that's fucking hilarious, right? <laughs> like if Harvey Keitel was like, "Hey, uh, Farah, beep beep, <laughs> calm down." <laughs> like, and no, instead he is like he is talking like with a. A quiet British kind of accent and does not sound like Harvey Kind. If you told me it was dubbed over, I wouldn't have been surprised. What a waste of a Harvey. Huge waste. He calls it the nadir of his career, if you want to know how (laughs) he feels about it. Um, I'm going to throw it in the garbage now or give it to some unsuspecting kid as a present. Um, uh, Them, which was an ad hoc ad because uh, Maya was looking for a movie to watch and they... They're, they're scared of ants in real life, but my kids are fascinated by ants. We watch nature documentaries and stuff like that. So I'm like, giant ants! Uh, and Maya liked it quite a bit. I'm glad I'm really getting... Like, we watched King Kong a couple months ago. And even though at first there's always a, oh, this one's not in color. I'm glad that she 
uh, can watch full movies in black and white. Uh, it bodes well for the rest of this month. And enjoy full movies in black and white. Uh, Hell House LLC. Two, Peter was talking about doing the Hell House movies. I love, I really liked the first one quite a bit. I did too. I watched it this month and I had a lot of fun with it. It's uh, not groundbreaking, but it's certainly spooky. It is really a movie. I I would love to see it remade as a conventional narrative and just like that crossover between like capitalism and, uh, you know, genuinely cursed land. Uh, It seems like a cool, cool uh, kind of um, tree to to pluck from. Yeah. So it it wasn't like good but like I said to Peter when I watched it like I knew it wasn't going to be good but I needed something that would be a little more spookier and scare me and there's you know some great like moments uh, that's found footage is really good at and I think one of the reasons that Peter and I are defenders of actually getting under your skin because you're you're in like you're kind of shoved into hor- horrific scenes that um, allow these moments to even if like you don't walk away like scared it allows you to be spooked in the moment sometimes you want that from your Spooktober uh, movies and uh, yeah but the other problem with uh, with found footage is that even though it's supposed to be non-actors um, sometimes it's hard to find good actors who can be non-actor actors if you get my drift and everyone in this movie is just so the sequel is so terrible that you are just hyper aware that you're watching like people trying to be real people Um and, and so, the, you know, the acting in, like, a realistic, oh, we just found this video camera, when, when the acting is that noticeably bad, it does, it's very detracting. Um, and the plot was pretty stupid. But I got some spooks. That's all I needed. That's what I wanted out of it. I don't know if I'm going to watch the third one, but I got the spooks. I deserve that night. Uh, and then I watched... Are you going to watch three? I, I don't know. Um, I, I, if you watch, if you watch uh, the third one, I'll watch the other two. And we can okay, yeah, yeah, one. sure. I mean, like I said, I don't, I didn't hate it. Like it's a two star movie, but it is like I got the little spook injection I was looking for. Uh, I watched Blood and Flesh: The Real Life and Ghastly Death of Al Adamson, which was oh, cool. a cool. Uh, uh, it's on Vudu, Peter. If you're interested, it's really good. Oh. It's a weird documentary where um, it's a documentary about. Someone who makes low-budget horror films, which counts in its in and of itself for Spooktober documentary watching. But then the last half hour is about his weird, mysterious murder. Um, so it kind of it becomes a actual like horror reality um, of of what ends up occurring in this person's life that he was murdered uh, unexpectedly, tragically uh, in the in the 90s. So uh, it kind of goes through like the situation around it and who was ultimately charged. And uh, yeah, so both both interesting and that fun, like you get to see a bunch of low budget movies and like that kind of Roger Corman esque energy and then turns into a real life horror movie. Uh, Don't Look Under the Bed, which I had no nostalgia for whatsoever. It's a Disney Plus. I I, so you had seen it when you were a kid, right? That's how you watched I it. I saw it at, you know, whatever, nine and again at 29. And it was a very different experience 20 years later. 
It is uh, a gr- yeah. So it was one of those like let's throw this on Disney Plus for Maya, and I, I had never seen it before. And I hope some of the other ones on there, like Halloween Town, that I may get to are better. Because oh boy, this uh, this had the spookiest cover, and I thought it would be fun, and it was not. Maya was even less. It's supposedly, it's supposedly banned from showing, or at least it was. I did this is probably a fucking rumor, but it was banned from being airing on Disney because so many parents called in and complained about it because uh, it's kind of racist it feels like <laughs> no oh. it's scary oh that's probably what they should have called it i i felt weirdly uncomfortable <laughs> with with parts of it but anyway uh then i needed like i said i needed some amicus anthology so i pulled in the the house that drew blood which is great uh, if you want to see uh, a bunch of imperial officers on casual friday great movie to watch uh, because it's it, it shot with all the British actors from the Star Wars movies, but they're just like wearing normal clothes. Uh, anyway, uh, and then the last one, which I did finish everyone, so everyone can relax, is the best movie I've seen so far out of the 21, which is I Saw the Devil. Which yes. is, which is uh, the perfect example of how, even though Peter and I do not like long movies, when you make a fucking masterpiece, 145 minutes goes by like this. So uh, let's save that because I know Bill watched it too. All right, we can so talk about it now. Thoughts. I mean, after we chat. You want to talk about it now? Yeah. After we chastise you for falling asleep during it. I, I didn't fall asleep. Hold on. I didn't fall asleep during it. My spooking caught up with me and I was watching it and I recognized I am not going to make it and I hit pause and then I immediately fell asleep on the couch and re- and rewound to where I remembered what was going on and you were like oh, oh are you are you the Babadook it happened in like, the, it happened in the first 20 minutes it was not like and, and he's like no I'm the Sandman and you're like oh thank god and he's like you're going to sleep right on that couch and you're like great and you're like you're going to pee your pants just a little bit Great. And you're like, wait, what? Even like, you had caffeine after five, Aaron. I don't know what to tell you. It's the a leather hand. couch. You'll wipe right off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, I am so glad that I got you both to watch it. Uh, Bill, what do you think? What do you think of I Saw the It was Devil? so hard for me not to text you guys. Like, I started that movie <laughs> so late, and I was like, I don't know. It went by in no time for me, and I was like, I realized in that moment how much I love revenge movies. Yeah. So good. I also can I say this and I this is like maybe something I shouldn't admit, but I do I feel like the last four years has made me a little bit less humanist sometimes. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. And like I, I feel sh- like I feel like my response to that movie was very different pre Trump than now. I, I'm watching this and I do feel like, yeah, six years ago I would have been like you know, this is a great example. Like, you cause more violence, more violence is done to you. Like, no one can win with violence. And and now I'm watching it, like, and I get that, but I am like, should have killed him sooner. Like, I'm I'm a little bit more like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I don't know what that says about me, uh, except that I really just want this presidency to be over as quickly as possible. <laughs> because I, I feel like my... Um, yeah, my patience for like monsters is not is is very low. <laughs> I feel like my ability to sort of uh, slap myself on the wrist for enjoying revenge movies came from a naivety. naivety. 
yeah. that like I actually believed the justice system worked I think when I first saw this movie <laughs> um, and that like we could actually like at the end of the day like the courts could could figure this stuff out and that uh, you know the wrong would be punished and we would catch the bad guys uh, so I was just stupid before and now I realize that like I'm not saying I endorse vigilante justice but my point is that like watching movies about vigilantes who are taking down genuinely bad people mm-hmm. uh, sits a little bit better with me. And I also have a little bit more uh, sort of uh, eye rolling uh, available for movies that are like, yeah, but you know, revenge when you're going to do revenge, you should dig two graves. And you're like, should I, I feel like this guy's really dead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, does he, he's, I don't know what the second graves for, bro. I mean, technically you should have dug three graves. Maybe four. Uh, a lot of graves, <laughs> is what I'm saying. You guys can feel uh, okay yeah, this... about yourselves, though, because I got none of that. I was all like, yeah, well, we... I was upset when the transponder died, and he wasn't able to track him and torture him longer. Like, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I would have, I, I felt a little bit, like, icky at, throughout the movie when I first watched it. Uh, when I watched it again, I don't know, if a year or two ago, I was like, oh, no, this, keep going after this guy. This guy deserves to be in a living hell. There's no justice in this universe except for what you're doing right now, <laughs> which might be a failure of the movie. I don't know. Uh, I think it's a failure of our reality, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a um, bug in the system that we're trying to address with revenge movies. Uh, yeah, but it, uh, yeah, it's it's really good. And But it did have that moment, right? Because I know it's, it's two hours and 20 minutes. And spoilers for the first hour of I Saw the Devil, they, he tracks him down with, four, with 45 minutes in. And I'm like, oh, okay. Where the fuck is this going? <laughs> like, um, and so I was. I love when a movie can do that. Like, it's setting up all the pieces and giving you expectations of movies you've seen many times. Um, and then going, no, we're doing something a little different today. Although I wouldn't mind. Like, uh, I feel like an American remake with Liam Neeson is it would be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't think it would be a better movie, but I no. feel like, the, I think the movie is pretty accessible. Like, if you like violent movies, you'll like I Saw the Devil. It's totally uh, accessible. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, you, you, like, Taken 4, it's a shot-for-shot remake of this movie. With, like, I'd watch that. I've never they seen any of the make- other Taken, but I feel like that would be very funny for the audience. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just think revenge movies are a big part of Korean uh, culture um not culture but like film culture um revenge movies uh, are are heavily exported and so like i kind of knew the template at that point when i first saw it i kind of knew the template of what to expect and the movie takes its time in carefully subverting what your expectations are but also like hey usually get this here's an extra 30 percent of it (laughs) do you still feel good okay let's keep going at some point we need to do a revenge movie month and we should definitely include this so we can talk about it at more length because there's so much i want to talk about but it doesn't really fit this format that well but it was it was great um always nice like uh when you see a five-star movie during spooktober you watch a lot of good stuff and a lot of like okay this was fine uh sprinkling in a few masterpieces in there is always good too uh, Bill's list is like full of masterpieces, but I get he might not agree with that. Um, so it, it's fun to have a few in our lists. 
Yeah, we have the hindsight of having picked the list of movies that we consider our masterpieces. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, Although he was just talking about biased. rating something two and a half stars, Peter, so we might get it. Yeah, either. we'll get there. We'll get um, there. But Bill, what'd you, what'd you make if I saw The Devil? Like, Oh, I loved it. Like, I absolutely loved the movie. Like, all parts of it. I mean, I guess the same thing, though, that Aaron mentioned. Like, when he first catches him, beats the crap out of him, and then the dude wakes up and the cash is there, and it's like, did he really have remorse? Right? Like, and you look at how much is yeah. left in the movie, there's like, you know, another hour and 10 minutes or whatever it is. Like, no, no, that's not remorse. What's going on? Like, from that point, I really loved the movie. Oh, yeah. But like, I, I never had any really... like, guilt or, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just wrong. Like, I rode that wave. No, I, I didn't either. I just, I also recognized like five years ago, I may have been like, oh, revenge. See, everyone fails. So now I'm like, yeah, whatever, fuck him up. <laughs> it's also like a very simple, relatively speaking, plot, right? Like, I, I rode John Wick the same way. Like, yeah. give me an hour and however many minutes of puppy revenge, and I'm in. Like, uh, turns out there's a whole, like, revenge genre, which we might get to later on my list as well. And yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> there's uh, there, What I think is kind of cool, comparing it to John Wick, um... It is it is sort of John Wicky how in the middle of the movie they establish that there's like a world of serial killers that sometimes run each other and sometimes hang out. Like there's a network of serial killers. Yeah. Um yeah, and they're friends, they have dinner. <laughs> like they have girlfriends. Their girlfriends doesn't seem like she's a cannibal or a serial killer, but just like you know, there's not that many good men out there, I guess. So <laughs> no, he puts food on the table. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that I don't have to eat, but he's, he's an entrepreneur. Let's jump off one you said, because I have a point to make. Um, Death Becomes Her. I watched that last year. Heavily recommended it to Aaron. It is very similar to a movie I watched this uh, month called Witches of Eastland. I knew you were going to say, I almost, I almost watched them back to back, and I was like, I'm going to space them. Very similar. I think that those are if your look if your month got really heavy. Um, if you know you watched a a, a very dark or really grim movie and you need a, a refresher, yeah. uh, which is Eastwick and Death Becomes Her are both great. Uh, Bill, Wait, I think. Hold on. I, I love the like when your month got got really heavy. It sounds like when there was just one set of footprints. <laughs> That's what Meryl Streep was carrying. <laughs> <laughs> when you're feeling dark and low, just get a something, something, Jack Nicholson. Cher <laughs> is in Witches of Eastick, right? Yeah, Cher, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Susan Sarandon, uh, Jack Nicholson, Veronica Cartwright from Alien and uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and also Richard Jenkins. Uh, did you know that Richard Jenkins uh, has looked the same since the 80s? Just yeah, he's like got like Patrick guy. Stewart syndrome. <laughs> Did that guy just, ever have hair? Yeah, yeah. He's um he, he he's been uh, frozen uh in a sort of like Richard Jenkins state for a long time. To our great joy, uh which is Eastwick, great sort of like um uh comedy uh horror movie, um very thrilling, great George Miller effects. Oh, in a similar vein, um, let's talk about sort of satanic comedies. This is much uh, darker and Oh, I didn't I talk about satanic panic. panic. Yeah, I did too. Oh, yeah. Satanic panic. Uh, satanic panic. Super, super fun. It got yeah. sort of middling reviews that I saw from people. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Like, it's it's a three and a half, four star movie, but it's a ton of fun. It made me like, like cackle laugh at multiple points. Yeah. 
The gore is super inventive. It's chock full of very talented, funny people. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what people wanted out of it. Let's keep the Satan train rolling. Spook, spook. The, I watched, uh, Made the Devil Take You, um, which is a Indonesian film by the director of, uh, Then It Comes for, uh, Then It Comes for Us. And it is, uh, essentially an Evil Dead riff, Haunted House Evil Dead riff, uh, but from Indonesia. It's on Netflix. Um, and it's, uh, really fun. It's really fun. If you're looking for that sort of like off the walls haunting where like um some crazy gore is gonna pop up really crazy effects uh like definitely watch that i wish it was a little tighter um like a little bit more uh, tightly wound like uh timo's other movies but you know still great um in terms of other satanic stuff i got a lot of satan in this month um and two movies that i watched that where i didn't really like one and I really liked the other, uh, was Beyond the Door. Didn't really care for that one. It's on Shudder. It's a, it, it has an amazing opening 20 minutes, like, so fucking insane. And then it just becomes, like, a bad version of The Exorcist. It does the thing where that, that Italian movies sometimes do, Italian horror movies do, where you're like, it's the second act, what do we do? How about some, uh, 15 minutes of this guy just walking around the city? How's that sound? Um... And then uh, the one that I actually liked that is very similar about a woman being possessed uh, by a demon, uh, Mausoleum. <clears throat> uh, oh, yeah. Also on Shudder. Love that Mausoleum. So- Tell you what, Satan is getting a lot of press and people are talking about him more and more these days. Uh, Satan? He's he's on the rise. I Actually, my month is very Satan heavy. Um, very, very happy about it. Um, but Mausoleum, uh, big, gory, splattery. Uh, it's, a, I would say, Italian style, but it's technically an American uh, horror movie. Um, it's got awesome practical effects, all of that. Um, <clears throat> this month, I also, another theme I was chasing and still am chasing, is trying to find us some more Lovecraft movies that I think are <laughs> worth talking about. Um, so Die, Monster, Die which is a technically a uh, it's, it's, it's a Corman Poe movie, technically an adaptation of Color Out of Space. Uh, adaptation, essentially, in name only. There's a meteor. That's about it. Um, but I just find these Corman movies so comforting. I love like Vincent Price or yeah. Boris Karlov, like sitting in an old castle, just like talking about their fucked up family history. And then the movie's over at like 84 minutes. Like I found that comforting. So not really Lovecrafty. We probably won't cover on the show. Another one that didn't really qualify, but I needed to see was Sea Fever. Um, wasn't much a fan of Sea Fever. It's that's a kind of a bummer. I saw your letterbox thing, and I was like, oh shoot! It's a I was little... I was saving that one. Maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll knock it out earlier. It's uh, it's not it's not one to save. It's it's a little too nuts and bolts for um what you'd want out of one of these movies and it doesn't revel in uh in sort of gore and terror the way you want it to instead it sort of becomes like a martian style movie that's just about like the pragmatics of them trying to solve a weird situation which is i don't know just boring um yeah it's not that interesting um a couple sort of strange ones i watched a chinese ghost story which is a like wuxia rom-com horror drama um, about a guy who falls in love with a ghost. Um, and uh, it's really, really entertaining, really charming, and crazy special effects. So those Chinese martial arts movies where the um, there's just like, for, for some reason, they just spent a ton of time on their special effects. And like, they're big practical things like that the cast is interacting with. Um, it's really cool. Um, let's see, what else do we get in here that's notable? Um, I watched Invisible Man. 
That oh, is my yeah. five out of five so far of the month. None of my other my other movies top out at four out of five, I think. Um but uh Invisible Man, um, very, very good. Exactly what I wanted. Pretty scary, super timely. The ending feels like it was exactly written for twenty twenty. Um it was not like uh, you know, an old script that's been sitting in a drawer for fifteen years and they didn't bother to like update the sort of social mores. Um that's all I'll really say there. It's great. Um, I finally watched Cujo. Um, what I'll say about Cujo is that the the it's a like an hour and a half movie. The last fifty minutes are five out of five. The dog attack sequences in Cujo are amazing. They're so good. The first forty minutes, some of the most bored I've ever been in a horror movie. <laughs> it is so bad. There's so much bullshit in there, and the movie would be grossly improved by just opening with uh, what everyone knows about the movie. Uh, a mother and her son um, pulling up to a uh, a lot where there's a killer dog on the loose. Uh, the movie would be uh, gravely improved by by just being that. Uh, watch Hell House LLC. Watch Don't Look Under the Bed. I actually really like the last 20 minutes of Don't Look Under the Bed. Once it gets to like fantasy land, lots of cool like sort of kitty <sighs> special effects. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, it's better than everything that came before. <laughs> But the first hour is so boring. It's one of those movies that's just like constantly chucking embarrassing unjokes at you. Um, but you know what movie is really good and really funny is uh, Troll Hunter. I've never yeah, seen Troll Hunter is awesome. Troll Hunter, yeah, um, really great found footage movie. Um, Bill, you'd probably love Troll Hunter a lot. It's like a Norwegian found footage movie about um, this guy who's like ostensibly a poacher of bears, but then this crew this whose crew finds out he's not a poacher of bears. He's actually like a troll hunter. I'll hunt trolls. Yeah. It's found uh, footage too, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of makes it feel more like a, a roller coaster ride at times. And then um, I watched Scream Queen, which is the um, documentary about Mark Patton, um, who was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, and sort of about his, his journey through Hollywood in the 80s, um, and sort of like the real life terrors uh, of being um, a open gay man um in a time where that was uh condemned um and that was not fucking socially acceptable um now on to the two that were the like ones i was like these are gonna be the gnarly ones of the month and they were um begotten is a art film um about the death of god and the birth of man or the birth of some other species it's an art film with no dialogue it's fucking so much of an art film <laughs> it is what like just non-stop gross imagery it feels very satanic very occult i both recommend it and also recognize that like there are moments where i i was just zoned out um it's it's short it's on youtube uh desperately needs to be remastered so that, like some of the details become a little crisper and, and the soundtrack is a little bit less white noisy but you know maybe you'll you'll find that sort of like vhs staticky quality on youtube uh charming i will say that there are images in it that i will never ever forget and then the other one the other one i watched um is the house that jack built which i've been putting off for a long time because it's large von trier and i'll say this um it immediately has observations it immediately approaches this stuff from an angle that no serial killer movie has ever approached it from um which makes it fascinating um the ending is amazing and goes a place where you'd never expect the middle is just a little bit too much just reveling in cruelty for me um it, it was it just it moved the movie de definitely disturbed me as i expected um though eventually um the the sort of um the movie made so many great points before 
um, as it was it was laying out the cruelty, that all of a sudden just the cruelty for the cruelty was just like, well, now I'm bored, man. <laughs> like you can't you can't be having a conversation and then stop having a conversation and just like keep set, making the same point. It felt like I was talking to a cokehead at some point. Um, and that is my eighteen. Awesome. Um, well, looks like we're about really quick. Time. When you were t- hold on, when you were talking about like <laughs> what what movies you. I, I, I'm just going to make a random thing that we can delete, but have you seen Let the Corpses Tan? I haven't. Okay, add that to your list. Okay. Uh, absolutely. Uh, have you seen any of their movies? Uh, I've seen, uh, um, your, not your vice is a locked room. Um, <laughs> the Strange Color Your Body's Tears. Strange color of your body's tears. Now let me guess, you thought good imagery, but plot doesn't hold together, or like there's no plot on purpose. I feel like it should have been like a 40 minute art film. Got it. Uh, uh, you're gonna love Let the Corpses Tan. I fucking loved it. Watch. Cool. When you were talking about like weird art films, I wondered, I was thinking you might say Amir, which I've been thinking. I, I, oh, I, I have a mirror and I've never watched it. I haven't watched it either. But I'm like, then I was like, oh, maybe he watched Let the Corpses Tan, which is actually more of like a weird Western. Um, you definitely recommended it to me. Yeah, please watch, watch Let the Corpses Tan. Watch those corpses tan, Peter. Those corpses are looking good. If you're not going to watch Let the, the corpses, corpses tan, tan, what is this about? What is this about? Uh, Donald Trump? Take a break from Satan and watch those corpses tan. Uh, Bill, what the fuck you watch? First, on Spooktober Eve, starting at approximately 11.30 p.m., um, it follows. <laughs> These are our rules. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was our recommendation for a kickoff movie, Bill. What'd you think of that one? It was okay. Like, I, ba, 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 I got ba, a little ba. bored. Um, not so much bored. I couldn't get out of my head on, like, the game theory of, like, how to... Who to fuck? Well, I pretty much... I think I solved it, by the way. The answer is Vegas, right? You fly to Vegas, you pay for sex, in which case that person is very quickly going to be paid to have sex with someone else who very likely is from out of town. But it is interesting to find out, like, if if any of these movies spooked you at all. Um, Were there ever moments where you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, let us know as we go through these if if you got a spook moment. Yeah, spook factor is important. I'm on way too many drugs to actually get spooked. Um so oh, this is like man. this is like our Hunter S. Thompson like episodes gonzo journalism where we make Bill who apparently is on too many drugs watch horror movies and give his reaction yeah precisely um, yeah. Spooktober Eve I guess by that point in time it was actually October so early in the morning of October 1st I watched Annihilation with the plan to just start a movie so I could feel like I was getting ahead on the month. But then, yeah. as it turns out, I could not turn Annihilation off at all. Um, Hell yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I loved everything Great about movie. it. Like, I was glued to the screen for, like, that 15, 20 minute, like, psychedelic trip at the end of the movie. Like, Did, all about it. You didn't get some, like, little spooks under your skin. Like, not skin, but just kind of unnerved, like, when the bear's calling names or when you see the guy on the pool wall or whatever. I loved the bear. The bear was so yeah, amazing. The bear's so good. But like did it give you like uh unnerving feeling or nothing? No. Nothing. Yeah. Right. I really loved it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like yeah. I really liked that movie. 
Um, yes, I'm not is, saying like it's a bad reaction if you didn't feel that way. I just uh, I, I feel like that there's a uh, Peter. You ever seen the ruins? Yes, I have. There's that part where the plants start calling their names, and it's just like, oh fuck, like this. It got under my skin in the same way. Unnatural. I don't. Unnatural. <laughs> I saw Annihilation in theaters, and the bear scene was like, I, I have had that reaction from an audience very rarely. People were like horrified. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's true, that kind true, of like horrifying. I love this, but I also want it to stop because there's something that's like just not processing well with my brain. Yeah, I I adored the I adored that movie. I think it taps into how um how I feel about like our place in the universe. It's true cosmic horror. Um it the way that they um kind of like certain characters kind of like come to peace with the threat is like I don't know, like very poetic and beautiful. Yeah. Like it's a movie full of the entire human experience. It's full it's of the like, Breakfast Club full- of Cosmic Horror, right? You're like, oh, I'm yep. gonna become the plant. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to be the nerd. I'm gonna be the jock. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. It, it it does have like there's archetypes, and it's all women too, which makes it even more interesting. Because like, when was the last time you saw a movie that was like a a big it, like philosophical sci-fi movie that was just about like women having real conversations about their place in the universe. Like I can't think of one. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great movie. Um, I'd love to talk more about it, but um, we don't have time. We're going to do an, we're going to do an annihilation episode uh, probably like in 2021 or 2022. Uh, well, count Definitely. me in. Um, I've got lots of thoughts around that one and the prism of DMA. Um <laughs> The next day, October 1st, or later that evening, I should say, I watched Ready or Not. Um, okay. That was a ton of fun. Um, ton of fun? Like, you need that mix-up, right? That's a perfect post-Annihilation movie. Well, no, Annihilation was fun for me. I would watch it again right now. Like, I would have watched Annihilation again that night, as is my, you know, predilection to, like, watch things over and over until I, like, feel like I've absorbed every bit of it. Um, I think... Like, Ready or Not, for me, was another cop-out. Like, I didn't really get into, like, the ones I felt like I needed to knock out early. Um, yeah. Because I was excited about Ready or Not from your descriptions and from the cover, which is important. Um, it didn't disappoint. Um, I actually thought I was going to be more disappointed and then didn't capitulate. And they said, yep, Ghost is actually real. Yep, actually, people blowing up. It wasn't fake. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you get the spoiler, spoiler, spoiler for the next minute for Ready or Not. I said this to you. I love that you get both endings. I love that you get the him being a sniveling weakling who realized he just yep. did all this stuff for nothing and like crawls back to her and like that level of power that she holds over the family for a second while I was like, oh, fuck, are we just dumb idiot rich people? And then followed by the satisfaction of getting to see them all explode. I love that you get both yeah. possible endings and the family's reaction to them. Yeah. Perfect. They really do deliver it. I mean, the only thing that they didn't hit on was like, well, they kind of did, but like she definitely just inherited, you know, an empire. Mm, I think the police are going to have questions. When, <laughs> I think there's, I think she's in for a busy year. That's all. <laughs> we'll see what happens after There's that, probably like, some trusts involved and some questions yeah. about the, you know, blood oath that they took, but in any event. Um, I followed... I hope the paperwork was filed away for her sake. Yeah. That same night, I decided it would be smart to start Mouth of Madness. Yeah. After Ready or Not. I would say that probably, in hindsight, was a poor decision. 
Um, yeah. You weren't a big fan of that no, one. No, I wasn't. And, and I think part of Surprising. it was just like the, the visuals. Like, I, I really think, and it continues to show its ugly face, but like I have a, a thing against like older movies. Like the production values and like the quality of like the actual filming like it 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 bothers me like and i was probably too early on mouth of madness where it started to bother me so then i stopped paying attention a little bit he got my interest back when they were in the town for a while but then i was kind of like oh this is all gonna like wrap up on him anyways and i kind of just i think that's a fair reaction when i first watched it i thought it was like a three out of three out of five movie it felt kind of cheap and light to me yeah. And then I watched it like a year or two later and I kind of like my expectations had adjusted and all of a sudden it was a five out of five movie for me. Like all of a sudden, like I, I once I knew where things were going, I could pay attention to that from minute one. Like, yeah. The movie got a lot more rewarding. So, you know, I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you watched it. But also like I'm not totally surprised that you reacted that way because that's a pretty normal reaction. So I texted you guys on this one. I tried not to text on all of them, but I was surprised because of i like carpenter movies probably had seen more you know with peter than i had a lot of or any other true horror kind of director and hearing your reaction i decided to exclude it from my watch list so i have to rewatch that one i didn't include that in my i didn't check it off the list as watched so i'm gonna rewatch okay. that one i gave it three stars curiously um, which is slightly above what I think should be average. Like I, in my mind, a middle of the plate movie should be two and a half, and the standard distribution would be like I've almost next to zero fives and next to zero zeros. Anyways, <laughs> well, yeah, because technically, technically, three out of five would be sixty percent. But all of us have gotten used to <clears throat> the Netflix thing the where it's stars. one, two, three, four, five, and no half. So it's in actually, which case, yeah, which the it's... three star is actually the range from uh, forty to sixty. So in which case, that's like the the defined middle. But once you get half stars in there, three out of five is no longer right. Uh, you know, uh, it's a little bit over. And if you go to like a standard distribution or like a bell curve. Then, you know, they should really wait in to the middle and not even be even across that. Anyways, not not the point. Um You you promised us numbers this month, Bill, so you know, you don't need yeah. to you don't need to shy away. I mean I could go back and give you my numbers, but we're kinda of past that. I the next night started a racer head. Um, which again in hindsight was a dumb idea, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh I decided it was not the right night to watch a racer head. Um, so I stopped, uh, probably like 20, 30 minutes in, just quit. Oh, so you almost got done with the opening shot of someone's skull and you're like, not, not, maybe not tonight. We, yeah. We, we got through the box stuff from the last one. And anyways, um, you, you can tell Eraserhead is the art movie that we wanted you to watch, but it, it like the visuals in it are like, you'll. When you when you get to the rest, when you like get the to the back the back twenty minutes, you'll be like, okay, well, I'm I don't know if I like it, but I am disconcerted, <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. I, I will get through it. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's funny you say that because like, I think it was after that one. I don't remember the order. I decided like, okay, I'm gonna watch one, and I'm gonna sit here, focus, and like whatever this is, I'm watching start to finish. And I put on I saw the devil, and I did that. Before we listening to the episode, so I forgot like the glowing recommendation it got from Peter. I just knew that Aaron, we were supposed to watch it somewhat around the same time, and I like 
absolutely was enamored with that one. Like, given yeah. that, you know, it's exciting all the way through, long movie, watched in the dark. Like, I was a huge fan. I was like, oh, well, shit, I should have just, like, I need to focus more on these movies. Um, yeah, and Eraserhead really is another one where, like, it's it's about the... Peter would call it, I think, probably texture and feeling. It's ugly a to little me. bit, like and it's raspy. Yeah, and so it's you like... kind of have to like you have to let it wash over you. Like a razor head is, uh, like I think, ready or not, you could you wouldn't. I mean, all movies benefit from being focused on, but like ready or not, jumps out at you, and so I think it's easier to like if you were getting distracted to get pulled in by scenes and stuff like that. Um, where a racer head, you just kind of have to like, yeah, let, almost like let it suck you out uh, on its stream of conscience. Just like, and if you happen to have edibles, that would definitely yeah. help. Well, you, you should help me there. Um, so yeah, I sat down to focus and put on. I saw the devil, which turns out I didn't need the help to focus on that one because it was great. Um, I then rewatched "Let the Right Ones In" or "Let the Right One In." Yeah, and. Again, I'd started that one too late in the shop, so I was, like, putzing around. I watched that one sitting focused and loved it. Um, I'm glad you loved that one. That was uh, that was one that Peter and I debated on. Were we giving you too many foreign art house or movies? You know what? Like, movies. I, I really – I don't know. I'm a fan of a lot of Scandinavian type – I guess Scandinavian culture in general is probably the best way to put it. But I like the ambiance. I liked the pace even. And so, to me, it was, like, a very kind of calm – like enjoyable run and like at the same time like you know pool scene's great too yes, huh? absolutely absolutely i feel like it's already a win of the month that bill both watch and enjoyed let the right one in that feels like a victory no matter what that, happens that, that is a victory whatever happens yeah. eraserhead was the the outlier art movie that i was I'll like watch it's it. gonna be the weird you, you should no you have to finish it that's yeah. that's the, the law of the land we have to start um, it over um, that is the one that I feel like is would be the um, the most challenging one of the month, um, which is yeah. why I recommended <laughs> substances. Um, but the uh, uh, let the right one in was also a good barometer because it kind of indicates like, are you willing to take a slow build to yeah some the good slow horror. build for a good reward yeah yeah. Because there's a few in there that are like that. Not the van- a ton. The, the Vanishing is almost like... Like, it. they end in different places, but um, I'm glad you, like, let the right one in. Because I I would have bet you were more likely to like the, the Vanishing. But if you, like, let the right one in, I feel like The Vanishing is going to be one of your favorite movies. This is a true victory, I think, yeah. is uh, is if you, you like that one. Because that's the one with, like, the, the first hour has, like, a low amount of incident. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a let, lot. It's a lot of talking. Right one in like quiet. You do get the talking. reward though, right? Like the the bloodletting mm-hmm. and you know some of the. Oh yeah, and plus the the character, the kid, not the vampire. Yeah, like he's just Oscar. Yeah, maybe? Oscar. He's an interesting dude who I liked. Um, I felt like you would resonate with his vibe, his like creepy, creepy little kid vibe. Where you're like, how did you know that the, the like, how did you know that the person was killed before the fire? And they're like, because there was no smoke in his lungs. I figured that would be a line Bill Fox would like. Yeah. And then like when he's like, you know, shock and awe, like you go big, so your opponent's like rendered useless, and he smacks that kid in the ear, and like <laughs> to me that's like <laughs> hell yeah, okay, um, yeah, it's great. 
Uh, did you know that they also they made an American remake of the movie that's like fairly good. similar? So when I watched it, I didn't. But then when I rewatched the first episode or listened to our like the first um, the precap before the cap and recap, um, Aaron actually mentioned Mid-cap. that he debated going back and forth between the the remake and the original and he was stuck with the original. I do think that the original is just a better movie overall, but like like I I hate to keep saying pool scene just because like there's so much more to the movie, but that like that is the moment, right? Like that is kind of like this amazing moment that everything else has built up to. It is the catharsis of the of yeah. the of the film. And like when I think of the like I think it's impossible to recreate that. And so the director did it a little differently and I think it it ruins it. Like that's that's my take. Like it's not not ruining that like it I think he actually would have been better going and just trying to copy it as opposed to trying to do something new. I get the instinct to do something new because it's like, man, this is pretty iconic. Like I how do I Yeah. He all he also added a scene in Let Me In, this car scene that's like one of the best horror sequences of the past twenty years. So definitely like a, a future Spooktober. A future yeah, what? Well, yeah, I I'm definitely watch, watch Let Me yeah, In. I might watch it. I yeah. mean, I find my right now I'm telling myself I'll watch a lot more horror. But anyways, like I, I didn't even know I needed the catharsis in that one, which is what did it for me. Yeah, like. Oh, she's yeah. already left, and like I'm kind of processing and like understanding what's going on, and like you know, game theorying out the rest of the movie. But then, like the pool scene, you kind of like realize it's going to happen right as it happens, and it's like, okay, I actually did need that catharsis, which made it better for me. Anyways, yeah, yeah, it's it's surprising. Like you don't you don't know you need it, and then it's just so masterfully done of like holding the shot on him. It's 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 perfect. Yep. Uh, I mentioned I saw The Devil. Um, yeah. I watched The Next Night God Told Me To. Um, oh, yeah. So, this was one that I was like, got to force myself to watch it based on the cover and that it's old. Um, <laughs> yeah. I really hated it for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I will say that I made it through and the ending did bring up my overall opinion of the of the movie. But it's not one that I would just comfortably sit and watch again because, like, something about that era and, like, style of filming and, like, the effects for the sniper and all that stuff just bothered me so much that, like, I couldn't enjoy it. I – so, it's one of those things where it's, like, I feel like not doing some kind of, like, Larry Cohen or equivalent movie, Peter, would have, like, it's such a big part of, like, the horror movies we We watched. needed to He's, give you a grimy 70s movie that a, was made A grindhouse, like, no budget, yes. guerrilla filmmaking horror movie. This isn't the right journey if I don't watch movies I don't like. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think he would – like, I do think that that would have sat better than, like, The Stuff or some of the other ones just because it's a little more down to earth while still being super weird at the end enough that I was like, well, maybe it'll be something that he's never seen enough. And so, it's it's interesting that you feel like the ending got you kind of like, okay, well, maybe that was some – Yet another, like, vagina on someone's body, Um, which reminds me – A lot of vaginas. Either that night or the night before, I also watched Videodrome. Um, which despite, you know, being somewhat older, 
the filming didn't bother me nearly as much. Um, I got through that without pain and generally enjoyed it. Um, not like it's so weird though. I, I figured like you'd either ha- you either love it or hate it. So I, I, I'm curious. I'm surprised like, that yeah, you're kind of middling like well s- something. What do you think of like the TV vagina and the fact that the movie? Well, has, what about like, like James Wood having a vagina on his stomach? <laughs> like to insert cassettes more or less. Like it's great. I, I appreciate that they like it was different. Um, but if I had to pick like a goalpost, I didn't like it. Only just because it's not like okay. something that really like I look back on. I'm like, wow, that like had me like worked up. Like I saw the devil did or anything like that. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. that into it. But we should have done the fly, maybe. Cronenberg is somewhat of a colder guy, and the fly is like a straight, like a straight up compelling drama that happens to also have like awesome special effects. So maybe if we do, if we did a future month, we would throw the fly in. I feel like Videodrome. I was all behind Aaron on doing Videodrome because, like, that is you're not going to see. Yeah, you you haven't seen anything like it at the very least. That is David Cronenberg at his most expressive, like him being like, "Here is all of the crazy shit that I can do." Though, admittedly, it is a movie where it's like. I don't think I don't think I ever identified with any of the characters, so that's tough. <laughs> so like, it's even harder nowadays to identify with James Woods. <laughs> Not that it was ever easy, but I think now it's even. You know, you know what I find really interesting. So sorry, Bill. Did you watch any more? Or was that I got it? two more? Only one I want to talk. Okay. About. Um. So I mentioned earlier I watched To Hell and Back as a documentary. Not on the list, so we don't yep. have to talk about it. Um, but then to reward myself for having gotten through God Told Me To and um, Mouth of Madness, which are two I wasn't necessarily looking forward to, um, I watched Revenge. And I knew, like, based on how worked up I was after I saw The Devil, that like I was very excited to watch it. And it did not disappoint. Um, Glad you liked it. At all. And for some reason, like, I really enjoyed, like, the fact that it's like kind of it's clearly not american right it's a french film it's got french actors mm-hmm. like even the lead she clearly to me was french despite trying to speak with an american accent um but it just put a Wasn't whole different like cut on things in like the beginning when you're trying to work up what's going on who's going to be who in this like revenge story and it was yeah great. Oh, I, I'm so glad you liked that because that was that was one where we were like, I don't, we didn't actually want to put a rape revenge movie on the list because, frankly, Aaron and I don't really like that subgenre. But this is basically like a um, a woman director, a woman writer, saying, "I've watched all these movies. I want to internalize uh, how I feel about those movies and fix the things that I think are fucked up about those movies." And, and she and she just like dove into the material. The trap is, like, the first 20 minutes of that movie, they, like, pull you in on, like, the blonde bimbo who's attractive and, like, I just want to move to L.A. and I want to get noticed. And, like, you just keep, like, judging her in your head, right? And they're doing that on purpose because, like, by the time she goes, like, 180 and, like, you see her, like, walking around, like, paramilitary style, like, sitting there akimbo <laughs> with the rifle, whatever it is, like, you're like, holy shit. Like, that was the one I was judging as being, like, you know, whatever she was doing. And so it's a lot of fun. I mean. Well, I also yeah. think I, I love it, too, because it has a moment of indictment to the friend that walks in. Mm-hmm. 
um, that like you just don't see in those movies, right? Like it's usually people are either the violent rapists or helping, you know, or uh, or non-existent in the scene, and that kind of like letting evil um, happen and not doing anything to stop it. Um, that is being ju- just in it, and in some ways, like I- I've heard some people say, like, like that that in some ways that is the true villain of the piece, the person who's like there because there's always monsters in our midst. It's the people that allow those people to exist, which are the majority that go, oh, oh, sorry, are you raping someone right now? My bad, I'll leave, even though that person asked for help. Um. That are like the problem in society yeah. and stuff. Well, they like hit that. on like so. Like that's that's not a that's not a character you see in those other types of movies that people yeah. mention. Well, they hit all the characters, which is what I liked. Because like you, yeah. you can really hate the main like the leader dude because he is like on the phone with his wife and like very he knows how to turn it on, right? And he comes off yeah. as compassionate and he'd never do that to a woman, blah blah blah. But is actually just you know. A pure asshole um, through and through. Yeah. The friend who ignores it and does nothing, which may or may not be considered worse. And then the actual, you know, evil on his face and a coward on the inside. Like, so uh, yeah, it's a nice, exactly. you know, archetype for across the board. And you get to yeah. just watch her, you know, kind of be like, why wouldn't I kill them all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a movie that is uh, uh, um, that is a revenge movie where when it ends, you're like. Yeah, the the movie feels rather unconflicted about it. It does feel like a a modern revenge movie with a modern sensibility where there's like no sort of like uh neoliberal hand wringing where they're like, "Oh, but but uh we have to be respectable about how we treat our enemies." Like, no, these guys are fucking monsters. Like they just abused you and left you for dead. Like, yeah. Come on, man! Like the the what you did is what you did is a worthwhile thing. That's no. The only thing that bothered me in the movie is when she is cauterizing her stomach wound with the beer can, um, and it like prints the eagle over like the wound. <laughs> it says, yeah. um, "Love." It that says part. Mexican beer, but. For anyone who's ever printed anything knows that, like, if she would have stamped that on her stomach, it would have been inverted. Like, it wouldn't have read yeah. left to right Mexican beer like they had done it on her stomach. <laughs> and I was like, you just totally killed my mood. But then she, like, started tripping on peyote again. I was like, okay, I'm back. Um, <laughs> I think that's kind of matches the, like, Kill Bill vibe of the movie. Like, it doesn't make literal sense, but it makes... Um, it, it it makes movie sense. It makes like like uh you know you're having a a, a wild revenge fantasy about what you'd do if you were in the in a, in that position, and it like makes that kind of a, a movie logic. But yeah, I remember watching the movie and being like, I don't know how you would get a properly printed uh, eagle sign on her, but I know that's not well. It. Like what's funny is like I forgive like everything else right like run around barefoot like jump from like great heights like anything else i was totally like this is awesome like i'm on the roll but like that small technical detail just felt like a production screw up and not a leap i was supposed to make and so it really bothered me you know what's what's really interesting the last thing i'll say and we should probably go out because this is already a huge time commitment for everyone listening although we're only doing two more of these we're doing one more in the middle of the month and then one as at the end so yeah, uh, I'm sure people will be happy. It's content people do love. 
The folks love content. They, everyone loves the best content. content. That's what we've discovered. Um, what I think is interesting, Bill, is the movies that – I don't know if you did this on purpose, but I think the movies I have the biggest asterisks about for you watching, I feel like you've tackled a huge chunk of them looking at your <laughs> yeah. list. Like um, – I know you didn't finish Eraserhead, but that's obviously one. I think Videodrome, Let the Right One In, God Told Me To. These were some of the ones that Peter and I were, like, debating whether we should include them or whether, like, do we do that Lynch movie or that Cronenberg movie. So, I I would say on your list, the ones that I have the biggest, like, asterisks for me about whether you will like them are House... Life Force. Although, if you don't like Life Force, I don't know what's. No, I'm excited. For I that feel one. like you are definitely going to like The Vanishing at this point. So I, I right? did it like, on purpose because I watched It Follows, Annihilation, then Ready or Not, like all at the beginning, and I was on like such a fucking high that I was like, "Holy cow!" Like I'm going to go serially consume like every horror movie. But I was like, "Wait, yeah. I'm going to go start picking through the ones I like, and then I won't finish because it's going to be like this wall I can't get over." So I'm like, I'm going to take this energy right now yeah. and I'm just going to like barrel into some of the names I don't want to watch. Yeah. Like I think like, uh, I mean, based on your like, I don't like old stuff. Uh, How sophisticated is that? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I mean, my wife feels the same way. Like it's, it's sometimes tough. I mean, her favorite movie is from 1939. Um, and I still like, she's like, this movie's old. I'm like, it's from 97. <laughs> you were, you were in high school. Or uh, I guess junior high. Uh, so I, I I get it, even if I don't like personally. Uh, uh, I, I'm not trying to, to defend it. Anyways. I'm just unfortunate. No, I I like I said I like it, it, right or wrong. It's not that uncommon for people to go. Oh, th- I I don't really like older movies because they just look different in a way. And like I get that. Like not everyone watches many movies as Peter and myself, and like has. Like, 80s movies to Peter and myself don't, and a lot of other people don't look like old movies because we watch as much 80s movies as we do 2010s movies, right? So, anyway. Uh, I'd like to think that it covers the opposite end of the spectrum, though. Like, I probably could have watched Annihilation with, like, little to no plot and loved it. Because, like, I really, like, it does enough for me when there's, like, a very pretty movie that it can overcome significant shortcomings in... Like plot or other story development. So my other, but then again, like you loved Evil Dead too. So I guess my other asterisks then, just based on timing, is American Werewolf in London, Return of the Living Dead, which I already was wondering about, and like Hellraiser too. But again, like it is confusing because you loved Evil Dead too, which I feel like if you loved Evil Dead too, those three movies I just listed would be the next recommendation you would give to someone. So, like, I'm already preparing myself for that one. Like, I just got to get drunk like I did in the first one and make it, like, a good time to, like, sit down and enjoy and I'll be okay. Yeah, Return of the Living Dead is a beer swollen movie for sure. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Every time I look at your list, I get more and more excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, And also think, like, um, God, I got to watch that. So, uh, a lot of really good ones coming. Um... And I think some ones that will, uh, I think, surprise Peter and myself, too. Um, I let the right one in already counts as both a win, a success, and... Uh, People should watch it. Yeah. Oh, if you liked Annihilation and you liked the trippy psychedelia, um, you're going to fucking love Mandy, which is on show. I know. And also, if Beatles Yellow Submarine. 
<laughs> not on the list, but you know, maybe not on the list. Not very good, but if you just want to watch Psychedelia, can't think of a better example. They, they, uh, Ringo gets lost in the submarine, I think. Yeah, it makes sense. But uh, yeah, so thank you very much, Billy, for coming on and uh, recapping what you've done so far. Uh, hey, Peter, thank you for coming on and recapping what you've done so far. Hey, Bill, thank you. Aaron. Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for watching the films that you said you would watch and then telling us about them. I don't – technically, I have a 50% success rate at watching the films I said I was going to watch because I'm off book. And right, I take it back. My heartfelt thank you is rescinded. Yeah, but uh, I don't know why we're still talking because it is October 7th and we got spooky stuff to watch. Um, let's do it real quick. What do you think you're going to watch tonight right after we're done recording? Peter, go first. Uh, the Beach House. I'm already 30 minutes into it. <laughs> All right. Feels, feels, feels appropriate to watch the last hour. Bill? Uh, I think I might turn on Terrified. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. It'll be really intense and keep you awake, so. I'm thinking of Psychomania. Psychomania. I love Psychomania. I want bikers. I want zombies. I want something that's under 90 minutes so I can go to bed. Uh, uh, Psychomania, weirdly enough, uh, helped inspire Mandy. Um, but yes, uh, we will catch up again next time uh, on our list in a- 10 days. 10 days? 10 um, days. And then, and then uh, we'll do a, a final sort of recapper, I think. Which will come out, yeah, first week in recap. November. Yeah. Where's the cap? Which will be a longer episode, which I guess will be four hours based on these quick recap episodes so far. Yeah, recap the three cap is what we'll call it. And uh, to all of you, a merry spooksmas. Hmm, merry spooksmas. Keep on spooking the spooky world. Thank you so much for listening to We Love to Watch. If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand. And you want to support the show. We truly, absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on iTunes. I know every podcast says it, and it's because it really does help. And so every podcast wants that help. So please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically, they hopefully want to tune in and listen. And thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years. Uh, We really do appreciate you. Uh, With kisses and smooches, Peter and Aaron. (laughs) 